Hey everyone, this is the Any Beer Geeks back for what's going to be our first real episode. Uh, I'm Austin. And I'm Matt. This week we're talking about Trillium at the substation in Roslindale Village. This is episode one. I'm Austin. I got Matt with me here. Yep. Ready to drink. Matt's ready to drink. We're hanging out again. We had done our pilot episode. This is our second go around. So we're going to call this episode one. This is the first time we uh, got our act together a little bit and, you know, actually scripted some stuff out. I don't know if I'd call it scripted, but at least planned. Yeah, we got a nice little outline going. We got our content kind of lined up. Yeah, content lined up. We even got content lined up for the next few episodes to come. We've been away from the microphone for a little bit, but we've been busy at the bar. Yes. The most important place to be. Yes. (laughs) Uh, So for this episode, we wanted to uh, hit up, before it closed, the Trillium Beer Garden in the Roslindale substation. Uh, So in honor of that today, we had cracked open Trillium's Pow Pow. Yeah, so the the Pow Pow is a double IPA collab between Trillium and Lawson's Finest Liquids. They had worked together on the, I, I believe it was the Beer Across America uh, stuff for Sierra Nevada back in 2016. According to the backstory, they a couple people uh, from Trillium and Lawson's really latched onto this idea of using the lupulin powder for for getting those the hop aromas and, and the bittering in the beer instead of using whole hops or pellet hops. So this is actually a double IPA that's been brewed with that lupulin powder. It's an eight and a half percent ABV. Double IPA, it's it's pretty damn good. Yeah, I gotta say, uh, we're we're most of the way through this. I think on the last one we cracked a beer right as we started, but I've been able to sip on this one so far, um, and it's pretty easy to drink. It's dangerous for eight and a half percent. It does not taste like that at all. It's still kind of sweet. Uh, it's definitely a double IPA where you get that thicker body, but. It's no palate destroyer or anything like that. This is an easy-to-drink beer and definitely easy to keep drinking other beers after. Yeah. And I, I the one downside that I've had, I, I've actually bought two of these when we first got them. The one thing that I was having a problem with with both of these cans was the level of sediment that came out. And I actually, obviously, have my experience with beers using the lupulin powder... I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but using that that is an ingredient. I don't know if I don't know if that's just a byproduct of using that instead of hops, but there's just a a pretty thick layer of that grayish kind of ashy looking sediment that usually I'm not as big. I don't have as big a problem with (laughs) drinking sediment when I'm drinking a beer, but this one I just it doesn't look right and it's just throwing me off. So when I get to the point where I'm starting to get a little a, a bit of that coming down the glass headed towards my mouth i like tip it back because i don't want to i don't want to actually <laughs> tip it back down i don't want it going back in my mouth yeah um so we did get over to the trillium substation before it closed uh that was matt's first time being there i have been there two or three times our, our good friend also jimbo mania had his uh 30th birthday party down there so it was a a good community staple for the few months that it was here. Uh, it kind of filled this empty space down in the Rosendale Village area. I feel like it filled a um, a need down there. It was a lively place that there was serving craft beer that you know had different things going on every night. You were telling me that on Saturdays they had food in there. They oh had- yeah, so they did a bunch of collaborations with the local place, the other local shops in the area. Uh, they teamed up with one of the restaurants called Reds and Rozzies. Anyone in Boston probably doesn't know what it is, but anybody in Roslindale definitely knows. Um, so you can get food on the weekends. Uh, and then during the week, they did live music like at least two or three nights a week. I'm not sure if they did a trivia night. They may have actually early in the week. Um, they were only open five nights. So you, I think it was Monday, Tuesday, they were closed and they were open Wednesday through Sunday. But overall, their kind of takeover, I wanted to talk a little about like the space in there, Mm. right? So their takeover of the space, this is an old 
electrical substation. So it's got like 40 foot ceilings. It's all brick, uh, big, big, tall windows. And inside they kind of just scattered around some picnic tables, some beer barrels to use as high tops. Um, and then at the one end, they just set up like some pop-up tables. I think they were literally like grade school folding tables and that served as their service bar. And then behind, they just had their pretty decent sized tap lineup. Um, I don't know if you remember offhand, how many did they have at any time? How many pulls? Maybe like 10? Um, yeah, I think, well, we can look right here. It looks like 12. 12 or 13. Yes, um, and I, it, it kind of went up and down. There was times I was there where there was like 12. maybe seven. It seems like they may have gotten wiped out, brought some more in. Overall, it's a pretty good list for like a temporary space. With that said, though, they didn't do much else to the space. <laughs> they just kind of set that up. They had their uh, rustic wood signage, and they put up some bistro lights, maybe four strings of bistro lights, maybe even six because you can never have enough bistro lights. You just slap them up there. They don't have to match. You get one kind over here. You get another cheap kind from over there. Slap them up. You got a beer garden. Uh, the the only other thing with the space being the substation is that there was zero insulation. And this was winter in Boston. I mean, anybody in New England knows it's cold. And in a brick building with zero insulation, you're basically outside. So although the place was lively all the time, right? People were packed out in there. Everybody was still fully coated with like their hats on. And once you have a few beers, you can ditch the gloves and jacket, but... At least to get started, you got to stay all suited up as if you're outside. That night we were there, there was a big set of coat racks that were there. And there was enough people, I feel like, in there where it was comfortable at first when I first got there. Because I remember hanging my jacket up and I was I was kind of milling about because you hadn't showed up yet. So I was just kind of taking in the whole place. And it was warm, and, you know, it was fine. But it, there was a big, it was a big crowd. So there was live music going on that night. And it was also... It was the last week that that they were there. So they were doing, they had live music on these nights and they had different bands coming through and all this stuff. So it was, it was actually very lively. A lot of people coming out. It was, it was a big, um, a big week for them, I feel like. But once it started to dwindle, once people kind of moved out, the music stopped, people started filtering out and we were in that, in that table over on the side, it started getting a little chilly. Yeah, (laughs) it was, you're right, that, that space needs some, some definite upgrades if they're going to have a more permanent uh, space going in there. So uh, this is apart from Trillium, but the, the town is trying to have repeat beer gardens based on the success of Trillium. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested to see what comes in there next if they have something already lined up. I know they're kind of talking about it. Trillium just did so well and it was all part of a affordable housing development. So it was this weird space that they needed to, a tenant for restaurant that was going to go in bailed. Trillium stepped up, which everyone was ecstatic about. And it's done incredibly well. I'm surprised Trillium's walking away, probably just because of previous engagements. Yeah. I think they just weren't prepared to stick around that long, even yeah. though it's been incredibly successful. They're a good first tenant to have go through and do that. Oh, absolutely. Right? They're like a destination brewery. People already were making, were talking about Trillium and trying to get their hands on Trillium. All of a sudden, it pops up in city limits with a kind of off-the-beaten-path location and people were coming from all over the city to go to that beer garden even though they weren't doing much other than serving their beer which they had to be making hand over fist because every time i went there i did nothing but buy 12 and 14 dollar beers which was a really bad choice because that just destroyed my wallet all of <laughs> trillium's beers what do you think matt in terms of the breadth of selection do you think it was a varied style. I have my opinion, so I want to get yours um, as to what their kind of spread and variety was on their beer types. There was definitely a good spread. Uh, I think it was really focused on the IPA 
um, the hopped variety of, of styles because that's really what sells. So you got those the IPA styles, the hoppy beers that are coming in at six and a half to about eight to nine percent. That's what everybody's clamoring after right now. And that's what everybody seems to always be clamoring after when you go to a tap room at least. So there were a few, you know, the the mosaic I predict a riot. That was that was the first beer I drank when I got there. That was a uh, dry hopped IPL. And that that was delicious, but it was it was an IPL, one of the only lagers on the list, I believe, and it was it was really good, but not in the wheelhouse of all the other stuff that I saw there. So, I think it really was kind of focused. It's more focused on the pale ales, the IPAs, hop, things with you know hop forward beers. There were I actually was was pleasantly surprised to see what was it, two or three on the list that were um, either wild ales or they had they were in, in some way a sour style. And that was actually nice because I didn't, I didn't actually expect to see that um, mm-hmm. because I, I don't know that that was something that was really advertised. And when we were talking about it, it wasn't so much we were talking about those beers as much as, you know, they've got all of their you know they're delicious IPAs and and all the the hop forward stuff which these wild ales were were delicious it was like really good and it was a good change of pace when we got to the end of the night yeah so i mean my take on it having gone a few times as well as for our our buddy's birthday they actually had brought out for us some of the bottled beers they had uh there's a nice little craft beer cellar location downstairs so they did a little uh partnership with them and for our party, they brought up some of the bottle beers so we could just kind of buy some of the bombers right there at the counter, which is not typical, but all you had to do was walk downstairs. So my overall impression is they really stuck to three primary categories being that the IPAs that are just, you know, all the different hop forward styles, they mixed it up with the different hops they were using in each of them for kind of like, I'd call it like, I don't want to call it a gimmick, but for some variety factor and say, oh, this IPA is different than this one because we use different hops. Uh, Then the other ones they did, they had about three or four rotating stouts. And in the times I went there, they rotated through them. So when you and I went, there was only two on the list, but I had seen a couple others previously. And obviously we've talked about this on the last episode, how those two at least make up like some of the primary easy to sell beers which is fair okay they got to make their money and then the third one that they did is the wild sour stuff and that's what they brought up for the party in the bottles they had all the sour beers and that's one of the ones that was probably my favorite which was the uh, sherry wild sinister kid it was the american wild air 11 percent. that's like right in my wheelhouse really tart nice deep cherry flavor really strong boozy flavor almost like a barley wine style and i'm a huge fan of those so i think every time i went i would try the other beers and then bring it home with the the sherry wild uh so i i I thought that their variety although they had a, a long list the beers were pretty similar or very easily packed into those three categories matt matt agrees he nodded in agreement so you mentioned the uh, the stouts that were there, and I actually, we both, did we both get the same one? We did. We got the color and grain when we were there. So, yeah, which, what, what was your take on it? So it was a 10.8% imperial stout. Yeah, it was like an ass kicker. It was, <laughs> that thing, I, I, I tell you what, that's when the the dial turned up a little bit when we were there and it went from kind of taking in the atmosphere we were kind of chit-chatting but also kind of looking around and kind of taking it all in so once we hit we hit like three quarters of that beer we were getting towards the end of that beer it went from that uh, ambient kind of just looking around mode to we were just in deep conversation just yeah we we were were planning the rest of our lives yes not together well maybe a little bit but (laughs) Yeah, no, you're right. That that turned the corner. Um, luckily, it's within walking range, so that's why we committed to multiple double-digit beers, which yeah. I'm fine with. That is, 
fantastic. I made a point to take the train in instead of actually drive. That's, that was actually right. a, a purposeful. Right. This was, was very a, well planned. We it was being responsible. Everybody listen, you got to be responsible. You take the train, even if it's a long distance. Matt's train, I don't even know how long it took you to get home. It took I, a long time. I thought about calling you. I was like, oh, I should make sure Matt got home. He was pretty drunk. And he just, I let him, you got him like an Uber that didn't even, I think that guy was drunk that was driving. <laughs> I was like, Matt's not going to make it. I'll tell you it. what, that was a story in its own. Uh, we don't need <laughs> to get into it. But that was a, what was that, the, the Uber pool. Um, they've got a new version of it. The, that's the Express like pool. Uber Express pool. Uber so Express pool. that was that. So I had to go find where he needed me to be picked yes. up. But then I also ended up in the car with three other people that were like, they were all drunk and they were all trying to talk and we were having conversations <laughs> and it was it was nuts yeah but, but i was too drunk and irresponsible to actually like call matt in 20 minutes and go hey did you actually make it home yeah i i, I probably should have done that i feel bad about myself i did take so i took the train down there and that took i i mean coming from somerville to get down to rosendales it's a it's a hike um i had to take a bus and then a train and all that so that took about 45 minutes but on the way back it really you're right we i took an uber i had to think about it (laughs) i took an uber back um and yeah that that only took 25 minutes yeah it it shouldn't take that long but who knows what happens with that uber express pool yeah uh so yeah we both dipped into the imperial stout uh color and grain which you think was pretty good you were pretty on board with it, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm in the notes. I said good shit with an good exclamation point. So that that's a good sign. Okay. Um, I'm just I'm a big stout guy. I, I love the 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 imperial stouts because they they are a bit hot and they end up being almost they start to seem sweet even though they might not be on the sweeter end. They because of the amount of alcohol in there, it kind yeah. of it brings out the a sweet character out of the malt. Uh, which I just I love to see. To drink I thought it was a bit too sweet. To me, it tasted like Kahlua liquor. Like it was really boozy. It was re- had a really strong like coffee, but the sweetness came through and made it like thick and syrupy tasting. And I was a little like, ah, I wish they had dialed that back just a little. Mm-hmm. I know you got up it again. Also, my wife who had been there before huge fan of that one of course because it tasted like a Kahlua drink so I see the appeal for it but not not my speed and then we went into the the wilds you talked about the sherry wild sinister kid uh, I went a I went a little different direction with the ABV on that I went to the faded farmer nectarine um, which is only six and a half percent which was still delicious, and like I said before, switching it up, having having the 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 IPL for me at the beginning, you had an IPA, and then we went into the the Imperial Stout. We just kind of went full roast, yeah, and absolutely. then and then to dial back to that wild ale, the tart kind of sour, it, it brought us back to the surface a little bit Maybe. when it came to um, flavors. It kind of balanced us back. Yeah, out. it can. Those sours can definitely cut through. The stout, which usually just it's a one way street, but the stout, the uh, wilds can bring you back. Yeah, with that tartness cutting through. Yeah, and that faded farmer was. I just couldn't get over the the strong apricot smell that I was getting. You know, the aroma was just so apricot stone fruit, and that actually carried into the flavor. There was that tartness from the wild ale. You know, the 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 wild yeast being in there. Uh, and that that did bring out that sour character, but it still just carried that stone fruit all the way through, yep. and then past the tart into the finish, and you just were left with this faint flavor lingering of of the stone fruit, which was just so wonderful. Like I wrote, I actually wrote delightful in my notes. It was just, <laughs> I, it was, I, I was obviously it was after an imperial stout, so I was getting a little was Matt's getting, getting poetic, esoteric, here. Yeah. delightful. I definitely got poetic there, uh, but it was, it was it was really really good, and it was a nice uh, a, a nice beer to finish on for sure. Nice, yeah. I, I mean, the Sherry Wild was my finisher. I Matt did mention I started with an IPA, the Scaled as they call it. Um, it had a really orangey start to it. It was just like a glass full of orange juice, um, 
but as I was finishing the glass and kind of started on the exhale, but then towards the bottom of the glass, it was really hoppy. So by the end, I was kind of, it seemed like someone poured an IPA into my blue moon or something. It was like just two, it was like I was drinking two different beers. The one was a very almost, I don't want to say weedy, but a, a very plain orange, overly fruity orange beer. And then by the end, it was just a very hoppy IPA. So it was really strange to drink. And that's why I was glad we switched over to the stout after. I thought at least that would, you know, bring the booze content up. That would uh, kind of get rid of some of those flavors. And not that the color and grain was bad. It was, it still had great, like, roasty, malty, dark flavor. A lot of that deep caramel was really good. Um, but the the Sherry Wild for me is still best one that they had there was also of course the most expensive so that's why it's probably for the best that they are now gone at least for your wallet for my wallet at least (laughs) so we wanted to do a consistent rating system for all the brewers you're going to so we can at least compare them across episodes to each other or some kind of baseline the plan for that is to rate it per category we got four total categories beer variety space atmosphere the vibe of the place uh the third one is the how is, is there food how is the food what's the taproom service like and the fourth one is uh marketing logo merch what do they got going on for a you know an outreach kind of deal you know is it fun is there really no much not much merch going on that kind of stuff so we're going to take those four categories and we rate them on a scale of one to five how you know one being poor five being exceeding expectations and we were based the plan here is to basically take our our experience and and quantify it so that we can understand how it might compare to next time we go or the next place we go or two months from now how does the place compare to back when we went to Trillium? so that, that's really the idea of having this rubric of of our experience so for for Trillium, if we can, let's kick off with the space and atmosphere. Uh, the In there, really cool space. It's a converted substation, pretty cool. It's got the classic like beer garden vibe, right? Tall ceilings, big space, really nothing going on, just scrub floor. Throw down some picnic tables. Uh, it's usually pretty packed. It's often usually pretty packed with screaming children, which... I don't mind, but some people might, right? If they're going for a night out with the boys, they don't want to be surrounded by a bunch of kids who they thought they left at home. So for the the overall space atmosphere vibe they had going on, I'd give it a three out of five. I wasn't in love with it. I think they could have done a lot more. The potential's there. I want them to come in, have some kind of interesting element going on. I don't really care about the heating. That's a joke, but I think they could have taken uh, ownership a little more to kind of just flat for me so for me for a space and atmosphere i i when i first got in there it was really it was actually almost intimidating because there's no vestibule you just open up you go in and it was the space and you're actually kind of in the front where everybody's watching the band (laughs) so when you walk in everybody kind of glances over so i had 60 people look at me when i first walked in a little They've been waiting for you. They were like, awesome. oh, wait, we heard Matt's coming tonight. <laughs> That's why they packed it in. Is that why they cheered when I Yeah, came? they all cheered. Everyone threw their glasses in the air. <laughs> they still made us pay for all our beers. Dicks. Coming in and seeing that as a, you know, you walk right in. I know it's not something that they can control, but that was a little intimidating at first to walk into. But um, once you got in... It was a pretty cool vibe. I honestly think it really does lend itself to the people that are going. That kind of a space is really, you said they dialed it back. They kind of had hands off. They they didn't really take over the space and make it them, their own. They let the, the people come in and kind of develop what the vibe was going to be that night. That's kind of how it felt to me. Um, so with all you know that said, I'm still, I'm at... I'm at three on this one too, just three out of five, because it really was, it was it was a fun night. You know, they had the band playing. It ended kind of after our first beer, but they had the band playing and 
the the crowd was good. It wasn't it wasn't overly broy that night. It wasn't uh, there wasn't a lot. <laughs> I've of never kids experienced that there. It's never been like a broy scene. It's more like a family scene. Yeah, there's there's always as many, if not more, women and children than there are men. Do you think that's a product of it being in Rosendale? Probably, probably. Yeah. It's it's where it's at. I mean, this neighborhood is a family neighborhood. We're not in a collegey part of town at all. This is very residential. Everyone's got their little f- vegetable gardens out front, and there's children running up and down the streets all the time. This is like far from classic college Boston. Yeah. So that that's actually, I, I would say that's a unique aspect of this place is because it was, um, you would think a beer bar, you get Trillium coming in and doing a tap room. You're going to get a lot of the craft beer geeks. You're going to get a lot of those people coming through, which are, you know, you're going to, you're going to attract some of those bro-ish, I, I keep going back to that term, but you're going to attract some of those college age kids, the, the young, young professionals, but because of the location, you were able to get some unique kind of family interaction in there. So the next one, you want to go for beer variety? Yeah, so I, I think with the the beer variety, uh, they definitely had a longer list. I, I That was great. But they did kind of just stick to those main three categories of IPA or pale ale and then stouts. I think they may have had a porter once on the list there, but when we were there, it was just two different stouts and then a couple different wild ales. Uh, and that that was enough for me. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that. The, the wilds were good. The pale ales were all right. And the stouts had a good variety. I don't know if they were great for me, but I think it was a good selection for people who are looking for choices there. So I would actually give the variety, I think, a four out of five. Yeah, I actually, I'm going to say five out of five on that, but mainly because for a tap room, they had a lot of taps. They were able, we counted earlier 12 taps. You were able to get 12 different beers that ranged from five bucks up to $14. That's all I ask out of a a tap room. Um, Even though, you know, like we said, some of them were, there were those those three main categories that they kind of fell into, but um, I, I mean, my complaints would be nitpicky at this point. Um, my my uh, personal preference would be that w- at least one of the stouts, if they could make it three stouts and or bring a porter in there, just bring something from the maltier end of the spectrum in and give us a lower ABV, I would have been a six out of five because that that is what it was really that was the only thing it felt like it was missing was a mid-range abv malty beer yeah i couldn't agree more i mean it was you you were really kind of limited into what came close to that honestly what came closest i think was some of the wild ales had a little bit of malt yes it's hidden behind the tart flavor but they had a little bit of that malt still there and the ABV though was very high, so there wasn't. I don't think there was a session beer on the list. I could be wrong, but so you were you were in it to win it when you when you made your order. I mean that's why we planned ahead. I had already gone. I said, Matt, you're not driving. You can't drive to this. You have to take the train. And unlike most uh, situations where you tell me that, I actually listen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I sh- I told your wife to tell you. Oh, you don't have a wife. You basically have a wife. You have a house partner. I told Matt's house, house partner, partner to Dem- tell him that. His domestic cohort. You can cut all that out. <laughs> we'll, cut that. we'll cut that out. Uh, oh, okay, so then the um, in terms of food and stuff, when we were there, there was none. So they're only doing it the Saturdays. I'm not sure if they did it on Sundays. I know they did it on Saturday um, with Reds and Rozzies right around the street. You'd kind of order and they'd like run it over, which was cool. Otherwise, though, you could just bring your own, which is always a good gimmick, um, especially right in the heart of Rosendale like that. There's plenty of stuff around. And I think they would even you could even get stuff delivered there. You call it the pizza place, boom, gets delivered. Uh, so... 
you can't really mark them for that. Uh, the service though, everything is like, you just gotta go up to the counter. They usually had a good amount of bartenders. I was never waiting more than two minutes, three minutes to actually get an order in. And they, they kept the place very clean. They're always coming around, busting tables frequently, which is important because those picnic tables were a hot commodity, right? Whenever, if, as soon as somebody got up, somebody else was vulturing that table right behind them. So it was good that they kept them clean, kept things moving. I think they were also really short on glasses. So like you'd suddenly get like a half pour in a pint glass, even though it was supposed to be a a, a little tulip glass or something, to hold, or a little goblet to hold a half or a 10 ounce pour of one of their higher ABVs. Uh, so they had to be on top of it. So I think overall on the, the service end, you can only give it a three. They did a good job, but there's not that much there. My thoughts on that are really uh, it's similar. You know, I'm going to echo a lot of what you just said, but being there when we were there on a, what was it, Thursday night to Wednesday night? It was, it was a weeknight where there wasn't any food. I wasn't really looking for food, but obviously once you get a couple beers in, you start getting a little munchy and start thinking about, oh, I could be eating a basket of fries right now or something. Um, so I understand that there was the order out option. A lot of places do that. A lot of breweries and tap rooms do that because they just don't have the capacity to do it. And this was a pop-up. I totally get it. They're not going to put a commercial kitchen in. Um, so that's fine. I, I think... Getting into the service, um, there was never a line at the front, which was great. I, we always kind of walked up, and we were either the the you know waiting for one other group to order, or we were just walking up and ordering, which was really good. They were well staffed. Um, it does kind of bum me out that they didn't have like a any wait service going on. Like when it was more busy, they could have been sending a few of the the staff members out to kind of like when they're picking up glasses, they could grab a beer or two for for each table i i know that's a it's a slippery slope when you start doing that but so to mitigate against some of that you know the the there's people watching the tables like hawks you were talking about how they would just jump on the table if we both got up and went and got a drink when it was more busy that would have been a problem it wasn't so busy when we were there so that's not a big deal but because tables were such a hot commodity it felt like I, I was kind of nervous to get up. And, yeah, and we had to make... It was a critical decision, like, hey, do we both go up to get round three? And we're like, yeah, whatever, we'll stand if we lose the table. Right. But, and even that, that was a... It was a Thursday night that was... Had it just snowed the day before, so people were still, like, in, like, stay-at-home mode. And it was still pretty busy. I mean, we were able to get a table and hold it down, but... 90% of the tables were taken. So kudos on them for that. But yeah, it would have been nice to get a little bit uh, less pressure trying to fight for a table. Yeah. So my rating, I'm going to actually give them a 2 out of 5 just because, I, I don't know, I I thought the service was great. I thought the people were great. I just feel like it, there was so much more room for improvement that um, I felt it was just a little bit under average. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, our last system, uh, or our last segment is uh, merchandise, marketing, design. Um, overall in the space, they just really didn't do anything for design. They just let it be what it was, which isn't necessarily bad. It was a big grand space, did its thing. Um, in terms of their other marketing material, I didn't even notice, honestly, if they had stuff for sale. And if they did, none of it caught my eye because it was boring. They had a big banner that they put up where the band would normally play. And I don't even think it was their logo. Maybe it was. I'm going to have to look that up right now. I don't remember that. I Actually, did we point it out when we were there? I we think looked up it is it. their logo. I can't even tell. Kind of. Yeah, it is. Kinda. So... Behind the band, they had a big banner with their like simplified logo and name on it, but it just it was weak. Like <laughs> in terms of customizing the space and making it theirs, it was really soft. So there was nothing there that I was like, "Ooh, I need to grab one of those." If they even had any other merchandise, I didn't even see it because they just did not do a good job fronting it. 
and to be honest, they're, th- that design that they're putting out is not where they're placing their time, apparently. They are focused on producing high-quality beers, which they do well, and they are not paying attention to the other marketing material that they could have or merchandise. So I would definitely hit them with like a one on that. I agree with most of what you just said. I, I'm, I'm, I didn't remember the logo being there, to be honest. Um, I, I really went into it knowing that it was Trillium, and I just kind of assumed I, I didn't need to, to have any clues given to me from from any of the uh, any banners or artwork on the wall or anything. But I get where you're coming from. Um, if somebody were to just pop in, they see a bunch of people in there, they just head up the stairs and walk in to see what's going on. They'd probably have a hard time figuring out what's going on just based on what was there. Back near the near the tap tables, I swear they had some kind of merch sign where they were selling shirts, maybe? I, I can't there, remember. I wasn't looking for it at the time, but... I think there were shirts hanging on the wall behind the tap, but... It, it, it didn't even say, like, these are for sale. It yeah. was just like, oh, there's a shirt hanging over there. Maybe I can buy that. Yeah. Um, so from a physical in-space standpoint, the, they could have done a little bit a little bit better job marketing themselves, showing logos, getting people to understand what exactly was going on. This is our pop-up. This is what's going on. You're at Trillium. Um, but... I really I keep going back to this thought that they're just such a uh, an established lo- like you know they don't need com- to you know they're they such an established to. entity that they they really don't need to they I went there knowing that they were there I'm I'm gonna assume that at least seventy five percent of the people that went there knew what they were getting into before they got in there. absolutely everybody there was there because hey this is an opportunity to go hit up Trillium like drafts on their lines so you know you're getting something highly controlled in exactly the way they want it to taste yep your only other option is in cans right i mean nobody else has got does anybody else have trillium on tap is that even like yeah so you can get it elsewhere there there are bars that have accounts with trillium that you can get beer okay so it is out there but it's not out there much and so it's very sought after I've been to a number of parties where everyone's like, yo, dude, I got the good stuff down in the fridge in the basement. And that's what they're pulling out, right? They're like, ooh, this is a special beer. We're having, you know, this is a nice Christmas party or whatever. Let's take out the Trillium. I don't know if I put this beer on that level, but (laughs) people do have that relationship already with the brand. I, that's exactly what it is. And whenever, if before this, if you said the word Trillium to me, I thought of long lines waiting for good beer. And that was just what I thought of. Like, I, I wasn't so much, um, I don't have much experience with it from a draft perspective. Like, there weren't places I was going to where I was just like, oh, yeah, they got Trillium on tap. I'll try that. You know, there was there's some accounts I think that they have in downtown Boston, but we don't go out enough and I, I kind of stay on the outskirts of that that scene anyway so I'm, I'm still doing like the kind of the smaller pubs and stuff anyway so I'm not seeing a lot of Trillium so when I hear the word you know I hear the about Trillium and and you know at work we bring the we have the beer hour and, and we bring in different beers when someone was bringing Trillium it's like oh I gotta make sure I'm there on Friday yeah like, we gotta get some Trillium no um, working from home that day right so that that's something that I think lends itself to this space and everybody knew i everybody i talked to that was beer that were beer people knew about the trillium substation that was going on like they just knew about it so i'm gonna say three out of five just because of trillium because of the name they they were there you know they they made they took the opportunity to to create a, a pop-up tap room in a in a neighborhood that they really didn't know um or in a neighborhood that really didn't know much about having a taproom brewery in their downtown. They kind of just filled that void and really kind of, I feel like they hit it out of the park. So regardless of how they were in the space, I think their name lended themselves to a lot of leeway in terms of that. All right. So if we uh, do a quick tally on those out of 20, 
I gave Trillium an 11. Matt came in at 13. Uh, that's going to be our benchmark. So we'll see who's up next. Uh, we actually know who's up next. It's a little bit of preview. We went to Bone Up as well, uh, which is out in Everett. So they're next on the docket. And let's see how they compare. How they... I need a pun. How they Dude, size up. How they... Let's how Bone Up sides up. Size how... Up. Let's see how Bone Up sizes up. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> to compare those numbers, I gave it 11, Matt gave it a 13, average 12, that's smack in the middle. So this is like kind of the perfect benchmark to start off. I think we rated the Trillium substation right in the middle. We're going to give Trillium a, a more, I don't want to call it in-depth. We're going to give Trillium a f- more fair review and actually hit up their Canton Brewery space since this was kind of an offshoot this is not their primary tap room so that covers trilliums at the substation we wanted to also talk about the any other events we went to and events coming up so i think i'm just going to monopolize this one i i went with the misses up to manchester new hampshire who has that region has definitely seen a surge in brewing over the last few years, they kind of got kicked off with White Birch Brewing. Or at least that's my take because I saw that was the first one I saw kind of pop up everywhere. White Birch Brewing uh, kind of made a push outside of the area, got really popular. All of a sudden, sours. This was a couple years ago. All of a sudden, sours became cool, and then White Birch Brewing made a Berliner Weiss that got pretty popular, and then they just went all sours they didn't used to only make sours now they only make sours so anyways i was up in new hampshire for the shamrock shuffle which was actually a week after saint patrick's day and i uh while the missus was running around staying physically active i went with the other males to the bar and i had a little uh red beer face off inadvertently but that's where I kind of <laughs> that's where they took me um, and this is going to be real quick I I started with the shed uh, Adam, the shed brewery out of Middlebury Vermont they had an English ale what they call the mountain ale uh, 7.4% and that was awesome strong dark malt real good bitter it was like perfect early spring beer where it's still cold good malk flavor so then i followed it up with uh the winnie ale from 603 brewery and that's out of londonderry new hampshire so that's right there in that manchester area um that was only a 6.6 amber ale so they were similar in abv kind of straddling the two sides of the seven percent uh and that was a much friendlier beer it was Kind of sweet, nicely balanced, mild bitter. Honestly, it was kind of boring, but I can see why a lot of people would like it, think it's good. Um, to me, they just, I thought they were going to be comparable, and they weren't comparable at all. It was like drinking a rye whiskey and a bourbon, just not in the same category. One is much more sweet, the other one just punches you in the gut. Uh, so I'm a huge fan of the English Ale, uh, that the Shed Mountain Ale, awesome beer. Really strong, gets the job done. So we also, we did want to dig in real quick, give a little uh, heads up for upcoming events. Uh, we we have planned for the end of the month, April 29th, is the Newburyport IPA 5K. Um, a number of the people in our group are going to be running it. I will not be, I'm really good at holding the jackets. I can like, just, I collect them up. I hold those jackets and then I usually go sit down by myself and stare at the wall for a while. And then all of a sudden everyone comes back and they're all, oh, I'm exhausted, I'm exhausted, I need to eat. And I was like, I feel great. All I've been doing is holding these jackets. <laughs> and so, so... I tried, I couldn't hold that. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. So, so I'm signed up for this. Uh, we want to see you guys signed up for this because uh, we got a big group going. We want to see someone come out there. If somebody comes out there and tells me they know this podcast, I I don't know what I'll do. I'll 
probably pee myself. <laughs> so maybe oh, you maybe you won't do that. Don't if you don't experience that. But if you can come out to this race, have heard the podcast and pick out of the crowd, Austin. <laughs> You win the next six contests. You might recognize my voice. I have a very distinguished voice. That's what I tell myself. That's 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 what you tell yourself. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, what you're gonna win six pack of cold snap because it lives on. I tried to get rid of it at Easter. You know, I was excited for it. All the middle aged women, yay! <laughs> So the name of the race is the IPA 5K in Newburyport, put on by Riverwalk Brewing. Uh, it's it's April 29th. The first race is April 29th. That's a Sunday. Um, tickets, what, 39 bucks for the race? As of now, yeah. They do a little discount. Uh, we signed up early and we like meant to post an earlier episode and be like, hey guys, get in while it's cheap, but we've yeah. been a little delayed. Yeah, so you can do a single race. You can pick whichever race you want to do, pay for that one, get in, get some beer after you run a 5K, have some have some fun. Or you could do the three-peat if you really want to be um, overachievers. You're just, you're just crushing it, committed to running and drinking beer. So obviously that's what I did. That's what Jen did. <laughs> that's, that's what we all did except for Austin who holds the coats. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll still be there. if you... Bring me your coats. Bring them to me. I will hold on to them. I'll return them. Even in the August race, he'll yeah, he'll yeah. hold your coat. That's fine. That's what Just I'm there. Bring for. a coat. You could have other things that you might need. Hold like a like a phone. I, I can. I have extra pockets. I can take care of a phone. Um, sometimes I bring granola bars. Or I get the free ones there, and I just redistribute. I just keep going back, getting more, and I help distribute them. Or if you have a favorite drinking hat that you just don't want to run in. Because you don't get sweaty. Even though it's already pretty sweaty, you you got to show it a little love. Right. So we got Austin here to take care of all that. Um, so so the 3P is it's like 100 bucks. It's a little less. Um, check out their website. It's it's actually it sounds like it's going to be a good time. This will be our first time doing it. It's, it's, it just seems like a, an affordable, fun uh set of races for this those other two races are in august and october so you do kind of have to commit but honestly if you're one of those people who do any of these races if you hit two of them for 100 bucks it's probably the same price if not cheaper than most of these races in town because they're they're all about 40 to 50 dollars a pop yeah all the all the boston area races um we're we're just speaking from our perspective we're both in the boston area if you're doing anything downtown if you're doing anything that's boston based you're gonna pay at least 45 50 bucks for a race so so heading out to newburyport it's a it's not a bad hike it's probably 45 minutes from the city maybe maybe an hour if you hit some traffic it it sounds like it's gonna be a great time i'm looking forward to it yeah it's also just an awesome little town i I mean you're just south of portsmouth that whole new seacoast region is uh, awesome, especially for the brewery scene in New England. Each of these towns got a number of little breweries in it. So while we're in Newburyport, we wanted to do a little teaser because we're going to try to hit up. Uh, obviously, we're going to be at Riverwalk Brewing. There's also Newburyport Brewing Company. And then there's actually a meadery there as well called House Bear Brewing that we've never heard of until we did our research. Um, so it would be cool to throw that in the mix and see what that little town can pull off. Overall, I'm looking forward to the the trip up to Newburyport, and we'll see what we end up end up coming back with. Um, hopefully, it's all good stories. Hopefully, it's all good. Hopefully, nobody gets arrested. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> so, I before we wrap up, I just wanted to mention. So, we're actually uh, about halfway through. We cracked another beer. Austin oh, I and I are now. Uh, we're now drinking the uh, second fiddle. I, I was up in Vermont over, um, what was that? It was the end of February, first week in March, over that, that split. Spent a week up there snowboarding with, with a group of guys. And I, I took the opportunity to bring back a bunch of Vermont beers. So we're drinking second fiddle to finish off the night here. What do you think? You liking it? I do. It's interesting. So 
Is this your first time Let's, having uh, it? I think it is. I don't remember having this before. Uh, let me do a little quick details. Uh, it's a double IPA, 8.2%. I'll say it's pretty pretty well done. Like it, You don't get the 8% the at all. And then what I'm tasting, it's, it, it's very smooth, uh, much more light body than the pow pow we were drinking. Um, and there is like this subtle orangey citrus flavor that I'm really digging. Uh, I think this would be, to me, this would be a great like early summer beer. As soon as it warms up a bit, I'm, I'm excited to kind of bring this back. I know it's a, they're probably touting it as a spring beer, but to me, it screams like early summer. I, I agree. I mean, I've had this so many times at this point. Um, I, I love this beer. It, it is, it's an easy drinker. Um, it really does kind of sneak up on you because of the, the ABV, but you don't really feel it. I, I, I don't know. Did you, when you're thinking like full body, are you thinking just like it, it doesn't have, or, or when you were saying it's not as full of body, do you think it just doesn't have as much, as much kick, like as much bite as the other one? Or are you thinking uh, it's really just, it's, less it's a little thinner? Yeah. Thinner, yeah. thinner to me. This one's much thinner and easy to drink through the pow pow. It was a little thicker, a little. I don't know if it was sweetness, but it just had a thickness on the mouth. Mm. Whereas this, much thinner, goes down easier. Actually, yeah. just really nice. I would out of our two tonight. This is the winner. Yeah, I I, I love this one. <laughs> like I said, it's a go-to, and it does. It, I get that citrus. I get that nectarine almost. Oh, maybe moving nectarine. towards apricot a little bit. I. I got a very strong apricot sensation when I first started drinking it. It's starting to fade now, but yeah, good shit. Nice. And that wraps up this episode of Any Beer Geeks. Thank you for listening. I'm Austin. I'm Matt. Signing off. Hey, everyone. What's going Hey everyone, what's going on? This is Any Beer Geeks, two locals take on the New England beer scene. Welcome you back to another episode. I'm Austin. <laughs> I thought you were going to do this. No, I don't want to introduce you and you go, hi. You got to just say, and I'm Matt. Yeah, okay. Go. Well, we can edit this. Go. That's good. And I'm Matt. Drinking my beer. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha